Hey there, welcome to the Ohioan. Um, doing some Super Bowl recap for you. Um, gotta say, it's Super Bowl, and you know, I, I think I've said this before in some of our podcasts. Uh, well, well, first of all, I'm Chris. I, I always forget to, forget to introduce myself, and I got Craig with me. Craig, I'm sorry. I'm just. Yeah, it's okay. Hopefully they know by now. Hopefully they know us. Well, but the thing is, we're audio, so I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I could be just ranting by myself, or you know, I mean, if it's video, hopefully they'll say, "Oh, look, it's Chris and it's a Craig." But I don't know. Well, well if there's hey, anything bad, we'll just say that we're Joe Castle at the very end of the show. Yeah, for the YouTube show. Yeah, because well, you, they may start be able to recognize our, our voices though because yeah. we've done this for a long time. But all right, but hey, Sunday, the big Super Bowl got a couple segments. We're going to try to release all on Thursday, talking about the game. Uh, so first of all, Bengals Rams. Like I was saying, very strange Super Bowl for me. I backed the Steelers. Uh, by work for a company that we cover all kinds of stuff in Ohio, which includes Cincinnati which obviously makes the Bengals a big deal. So I wrote more about the Bengals and talked to more Bengals people than I ever care to admit. But, hey, it's how I have this house on my head. So, I mean, you do what you got to do. So, uh, But finally, the game happened. And, and, Craig, I don't know about you. I wanted to watch the game um, with our having a couple special needs kids, with it being COVID. We were into Super Bowl parties, but – Craig, first of all, were you excited about watching the game itself? You know, I, I was excited going into that day, but I was very tired on Sunday, and I actually, oh. I actually took a nap and in, in not realizing, you know, we're an hour behind here in the uh, Central Time Zone. Um, I thought I had woke up before the game was to start, and I checked my phone, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, it's in the first quarter. They're midway through the first quarter. The Rams are up seven nothing. Oh, wow. So, so then I, I was able to recalibrate and get downstairs and, and put the game on. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I was very excited. You know, obviously, I've said this, you know, Matthew Stafford is a Detroit Lions legend. Probably didn't get the fairest of shakes in Detroit. But, um, you know, I, I mad respect for him and how long he hung on here before he decided that it was time to go. And then, I, of course, I grew up as a Bengals fan as a young kid. So it was kind of a, you know, there was a little bit of rooting interest for me for both teams. Yeah, and, you know, we, we talked about this last week. Um, yeah, the, the reasons why you anybody would be interested in seeing either team win. Um, I did make a point, and I shared this uh, again online right before the game. and got some good reaction. Don't feel like you have to root for a team just because teams are in the Super Bowl. You know, I mean, and Craig wasn't buying Joe Burrow jerseys or Stafford <laughs> Ram jerseys or anything like no. that. But yeah, it was an interesting game. I'll be honest, Craig, I saw most of it with having a couple kids. Sometimes you had to run. And uh, I, my dream as a dad would just be to say, Kids gather around me, and you know, even if they were into the football part of the game, that we could just all, you know, put my arms around my family and <clears throat> just have a good old time. Nobody else was interested in watching the game, so I was kind of like yeah. always called out by my wife or my kids, <laughs> um, which is okay. I mean, hey, it's good to have a family, so I don't, I don't mean to complain about that. Um, but you know, I, I, I saw good portions of the game. Um, Craig, it was weird. The Rams really, it was almost a, a tale of three games. The first part of the game with the Rams, I believe we're up, what was it, 14-3? Um, they just dominated. They looked good. Um, 
you know, the Bengals struggled at the beginning of the game. Odell Beckham Jr. had a great start of the game. And it, it was really interesting. Um, <clears throat> and then I think it – I don't think it happened just because Odell Beckham had the awful injury. But the Bengals just started to look better. Um, yeah. it, it was funny. It, it wasn't a horrifyingly bad game from Joe Burrow. But Burrow didn't have the greatest of games. Um, the Bengals scored twice. Uh, one came on a halfback option pass. So, you know, Joe Burrow didn't throw the pass. And, and Craig, I want to know what you think about this. Um, first play of the second half, and we'll talk about the halftime show in another segment. Well, I, I'm the, it wasn't the first play, but the first drive. You know, Burrow connects with T. Higgins with a long pass. I don't think it should have been a touchdown. I, I thought Higgins got away with a push-off. But needless to say, the Bengals got the lead, and they held them for most of the second half. What do you think about the call? I thought it was a bad call against the Rams. Yeah, I mean, obviously a bad call there, and then you could argue a bad call maybe on that pass interference on the Bengals that kept the uh, the Rams' drive alive that ended up allowing them to score the, the go-ahead touchdown and game-winning touchdown. Um, that's You know what, though? I mean, I know people are going to complain about those penalties and those missed calls or maybe those calls that impacted the game. But I think you could probably make, probably make the argument that both teams had an equal big call go in their favor. And right. so then that maybe brings it back to equal. And then, of course, you know, the, the Rams just, you know, it, it what really changed the course of that game is midway through the third quarter, the Rams' pass rush just absolutely dominated the Bengals' offensive line. And I think they – they set a record for single game sack as a team against Joe Burrow. And they essentially did that in a quarter and a half because they really weren't getting a pass rush up until the third midway through the third quarter. And then the, the whole complexion of that game changed. And it's kind of funny because I think it was very fitting that it happened that way, because even though the Bengals made it to the Super Bowl, a lot of people were critical of the Bengals for not drafting Panay Sewell with their first round pick instead of Jamar Chase, which good look, I'm you know you can argue that Jamar Chase was the better pick and he's a great player and he's going to be a great player, but there was you know a lot of talk about well the Bengals are not going to protect Joe Burrow, he was sacked fifty some times this year, led the league, and then of course the Super Bowl setting the single game record or tying it at the very least really spoke volumes that at, at some point they needed to address that that pass protection. And in that game, it kind of came to an ugly head. And a lot of people were pointing out on that last play that Burrow was not sacked by Aaron Donald, but Donald had him wrapped up and then Burrow had to just fling the ball away because it was fourth down. He had a wide open, I believe it was Jamar Chase, ironically, who was wide open down the sideline, had beaten uh, Jalen Ramsey and probably could have crawled in for a touchdown. And again, the offensive line failed Burrow and his ability to get that pass out. I think they're screwed if they do, screwed if they don't, when you look back at that first round. Yeah. Um, I, if they didn't have Jamar Chase on that roster, they're not a Super Bowl team. Right. I think they're still a playoff team. Um, I thought the Bengals had a promising offense last year without Jamar Chase. I thought they're on the cusp of having a great offense with Jamar Chase. Right. However, I agree with you because – and see, that was a mistake I made. I picked the Bengals to win because I said, man, 
Their offensive line stinks, but when they got dominated, like they did against Tennessee, they still found some weird way of winning the game. Yeah. Uh, and obviously it didn't happen. And to your <clears> point, too, I thought that, like, Tennessee, they kind of spaced their nine sacks around the whole game, which obviously yeah. anytime there's a sack, it's meaningful. But it was spaced out. You know, sometimes Burrow converted the third down or whatever else the case might be. You're right. When the Ram sacks happened, like the last quarter and a half, I mean, there were like two, three in a row where like the Bengals were facing fourth and 29 at their two-yard line or something. I mean, it really affected the game. Um, what do you call it? The field position and everything. And you're right. It really did change the complexion of the game. Um, real quick on the refereeing. Couple thoughts there. First of all, I think we talked about this earlier. It was either me or this or the studio show we do later. The NFL doesn't give a crap about refereeing. I, I mean, I'll say it. It's ridiculous. The NFL prints money, but the NFL is not taking steps to ensuring that there's better calls. Like they don't review pass interference plays. Uh, you, you referenced that uh, controversial call at the end that gave the Rams new life at the end of the game, where they end up scoring the touchdown. Until the NFL really gives a crap about reforming their referee, either trying to get better officials, have yeah. better checks on like instant replays, whatever else the case might be, it's never going to happen. And you're right, too, because those calls even out. I mean, I got really mad a couple years ago when Jesse James got a touchdown taken away from him when it seemed like he caught the ball. It was a late season game against the Patriots. But, you know, probably early in that game, the Steelers got some calls their way. You know, so, yeah, it was a time of the game where it affected the outcome of the game. But these calls even now. Nobody is anti-Bengals or anti-Steelers or anti-Browns or whatever. It's just the issue isn't more of a conspiracy. It's just more of the NFL needs by referee, and they don't. And it, it's sad, but, you know, for as upset as everyone gets, we're, we're still – going to the games. I mean, I've never heard anybody say, oh, I'm never watching NFL again. It's like a drug. You need your NFL each time. Yeah. Um, it's it's easy to complain, but, you know, it's it, it's not easy to referee. It's not, e- it's not easy to be an official in any sport because there are certain things that seem obvious on screen or in the stands that may not look so obvious depending on the angle right. that the referee's at. So it's an easy job to complain about, but it's it's a tough job. And, you know, like you said, it, it really kind of evened out here. Right. Hey, I thought Stafford had a decent game. I don't think it was dominating. No. I don't think he did anything horrifyingly bad. It's, oh, my goodness, he should have lost the game. He almost went out. I remember, you know, the Bengals got him pretty good one time. And they were like, oh, man, let's look at the Rams' backup quarterback. And uh, Stafford didn't say in the game. I, I thought the real he- – well, two real heroes, Aaron Donald, from what you said, uh, he kind of spearheaded a, a dominating Rams um, defensive front. And on offense, Craig, I, I did not know too much about Cooper Cup. I don't watch that many Rams games during the year. But holy cow, Cooper Cup caught like every pass on that final drive. Well, yeah, he caught about every pass this season. I mean, he was a triple yeah. crown winner and as a receiver, um, you know, a, a very talented guy. And he's always been a really good, like, you know, better than your Julian Edelman and, and Wes Welker type slots for the Rams. I mean, he's been a good player since coming into the league. And, you know, I think this year having an explosive passing attack with Stafford instead of Goff certainly showed more of his skill set. And, and 
you know, he just he was a go-to guy, and I think when Beckham went down, it really made him the go-to guy for Stafford. Well, and just think about this too. And again, everyone's like, "Well, they didn't have that penalty against Logan Wilson." Well, again, these things happen. But but just think about the fact that the Bengals were hanging all over him. There were a couple other penalty calls that drive that were well deserved because the Bengals knew it was going to Cooper Cup, and they, you know they were doing whatever they could to stop him, uh, holding him and doing everything else, and. Stafford still got him the ball. I mean, you talk about contested catches. That, you know, Cup had a bunch of that. I mean, hats off to Cooper Cup. Holy cow. Yeah. It was a, you know, a well-deserved Super Bowl MVP. You probably could have made the case for Aaron Donald as well because Aaron Donald yeah. was so disruptive in that second half. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, you you get, you get give it to Cup because he, he certainly made the game-winning catch, but then – just the consistent the consistency through four quarters as opposed to you know being a game wrecker like Donald was for the last quarter and a half. Now granted it wasn't his fault. It wasn't like he decided not to play in the first two and a half quarters. It was more that they were double and triple teaming him, but the Rams adjusted to give him more one on one opportunities and he took more than advantage of, of all of those opportunities. And I will say as a general thought, but please understand this Bengals fans, even Rams fans. Man, the Super Bowl is hard to get to, and just seeing the emotion after the game. I mean, Aaron Donald, I, I know part of it is there's a little bit of a contract dispute, but Aaron Donald says, hey, I may walk away. And it's not – I mean, I'm sure it's a little bit to do with money, but it's tough, man. I mean, yeah, you know, it's tough to get to Super Bowl. It's tough to win the Super Bowl. I was shocked. I'm starting to hear rumors, and – People think he's coming back, but Sean McVay, he's mid-30s. You sit there and think, man, this guy could should be around forever. Uh, apparently, he's this high-strung personality that, you know, you know, it's easy to get burned out. And people are saying, man, maybe he doesn't come back next year, which would be stunning. But, you know, hey, you know, if, if you're not into it, you're not into it. But I, I, I say McVay comes back, but understand this doesn't happen forever. Um, I, I think – the horrible takes after night was, oh, the Bengals are going to run the AFC for years. Uh, not necessarily. I, I remember when the Miami made the Super Bowl and they lost to the 49ers. I'm, I'm talking early Marino, like his second year in the league. And you know, you're sitting there going, dang, Dan Marino is great. He's going to make it to 15 Super Bowls. He never made a Super Bowl after that. And right. Marino's great. I mean, it's, I'm a, it wasn't Marino's yeah. fault, but it's tough. And Again, I think the Bengals are going to be in contention next year, but don't man Super Bowl you can't guarantee. I mean, people are like, "Well, does Matt Stafford win it next year?" There may be a lot of people retire. I I heard Odell Beckham. I mean, if he tore his ACL, as like being reported, he may not play next year just based on the fact he tore his ACL. So, you know, they're guys like Eric Weddle. He came back after two years of retirement and. Yeah, you know, he's probably retired because he got dinged up in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, great game. Love seeing the emotion. And just understand, it's not easy to get back. So, it's all right. Any, any final thoughts on the Super Bowl before we move well, on? I was glad it was a good game. Fantastic. Well, thanks for checking out these shorts. We will get them out to you. We'll get these out to you tomorrow. But this is the Super Bowl. We need to get some thoughts out there. And uh, keep checking us out. Um, share us with your friends. And, um, you know, do things you can to help the show. It's right on the podcast notes. Uh, very good. Have a good one. Thanks for checking out the Ohio. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. 
Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.